0: Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network.
2: You are entering the news vault from KCBS Radio. Flames
3: and the smoke. I have a tape recorder in my hand. Nobody would think of doing that. Newsmen were blocking the door. It worked for a couple of seconds.
2: Bringing the sounds of history back to life. Here is your host, Stan Bunger.
0: And welcome back into the news vault. You know, one of the fascinating things about doing this podcast series has been not only retrieving long ago KCBS radio recordings, but also digging into bits of Bay Area history that are often illuminated by the broadcasts which we feature on this podcast. This one features the voice of a man named Al Douglas. He was a fixture on KCBS in the 1960s. He did a lot of things on the air on KCBS. There was a call-in program called Viewpoint. There was an interview program called The Al Douglas Show. That particular show was wide-ranging in its topical nature. This is an example from July of 1964, in which Al Douglas interviews the man who played the character of Indian Gym at the Frontier Village Amusement Park in San Jose. The park manager Ed Hutton is also heard in this broadcast. Now Frontier Village, of course, near and dear to the hearts of an awful lot of Santa Clara Valley kids of a certain age. We're not kids anymore, but we do remember Frontier Village. This was an amusement park that uh, opened in the early 1960s at Monterey Road and Branham Lane, uh, right on the edge of the giant estate known as the Hayes Estate. The Hayes Mansion is still there, and the Frontier Park acreage had been part of that same estate. A man named Joe Zukin, who'd been in the car wash business, went to Disneyland, came home and said, man, I need to do something just like that in San Jose. So he brought in someone named Lori Hollings to uh, execute the concept. Laurie hollings had done nature habitats at the california academy of sciences he'd he'd done some sets and some designs for the war memorial opera house in the san francisco opera and had worked on a number of western movies filled at columbia and paramount studios so frontier village became a an amusement park slash garden slash open space i particularly enjoyed the trout fishing pond as a kid because you were guaranteed to catch a trout frontier village finally shut down I think in 1980, but uh, to a generation of Bay Area kids who experienced the place during its 20 or so years in operation, it's still kind of a magical place. There is still a trace of it left. If you go to the Edenvale Gardens Regional Park in San Jose and walk around the trails and know what to look for, you can still see some signs. Of the old Frontier Village. So Frontier Village is the topic. The program is the Al Douglas show from 1964 on KCBS. This is a segment in the collection of the San Jose Public Library California Room.
2: Remember last year when I first got to San Francisco last summer I told you that uh, the one unusual thing I had seen at this particular point I was commuting between uh, Berkeley and San Francisco and I got off the bus one day and I saw people stare and they were just staring at something I had seen in the Midwest for years. This was a woman with a very low-cut dress, which really shouldn't attract much attention, but she had a white bag on and white shoes, and apparently th- this was not uh, typically San Franciscan because this caused people to stare. Well, <laughs> I'm wondering now if today, when the Indian Jim of Frontier Village made his appearance uh, here at the Palace Hotel, whether people turned around and stared. He's obviously uh, not dressed for our San Francisco climate. He first of all, he's not in any dark gray or charcoal. I'll describe Indian Jim for you. It, it would take a lot of courage to, for me to wear this costume in downtown San Francisco. He's got a, I would say, an ivory buckskin outfit on. Uh, across the front, he has some Indian braid, very colorful. And on top, he's that isn't a coons. If it's a coonskid hat, he's got the whole coon there because there's a, an animal staring at me with its beady eyes. And Indian Jim is dressed just as one would expect Indian Jim to dress like. Jim, uh, any comments when you walked into the Sheraton Palace today?
3: Well, the usual uh, stares and uh, double takes, you know, mm-hmm. they... Uh, give it gives them a little something to think about or wonder about. It. Yeah, well, when they do wonder about it, uh, Jim, do you always wear this costume? As a general rule, uh, we're in our season now, we're open every day, and mm-hmm. I just Came up right up from the village without changing, but I normally wear this uh, whenever we're we're open. If I have to run to town or something, well, I just wear the buckskins.
2: So. All right, Jim. It's been said here, and I have some releases on you that uh, this is a, an au- authentic man, an Indian Jim who who loves the the wilds and uh, loves to get away from civilization and the whole bit. How come you've settled on a, on a well? Let's call it for what it is. It, it, it's to me uh, another Disneyland or something approximating Disneyland. Why'd you settle on this way of life?
3: Well, it's uh, a little difficult making uh, your bread nowadays being a mountain man. A <laughs> I don't know <laughs> how many a... <laughs> you are. <laughs> it's, uh, well, it's... About, have you been a mountain man? Well, about as near as you can be in uh, uh, modern day. I have uh, uh, Hunted and trapped and Where? run them all all over the country. Actually, I uh, for some years I followed the game seasons as a skinner in the mm-hmm. big game camps in uh, Wyoming, Colorado. A skinner? What would that be? Well, you the hunters. Uh, uh, well, like for instance, you were to plan a hunting trip, uh, you and some of your friends, and you'd go to uh, uh, say you went to Rollins, Wyoming. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you wanted to hunt antelope and uh, maybe get in on some deer and maybe you'd go up around Jackson Hole and get you an elk. Uh, I don't know if you're uh, a sportsman or not, but uh, uh, even if you were, uh, a lot of sportsmen don't know how to properly care for their game. And uh, Don't they just throw them, lash him on the, on the
2: on the bumper or the fender and take them back to a taxidermist who does that sort of work? Well,
3: unfortunately, yeah, they do, but they, in the meantime, they ruin a lot of meat. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, there's a lot of people, you hear them say, well, uh, oh, gosh, I just uh, just don't like venison. But uh, if you uh, uh, took a beef and threw it over the fender of the car and uh, drove around showing all your friends uh, what it looked like for half a day in the hot sun, then you took it home and finally skinned it out and... Uh, you'd wind up, you wouldn't like beef steak either. Well this is a whole new uh, realm of thought for
2: me. Well what is the procedure, Jim? Uh, say you, you, you get that out, uh, how soon should you skin it and prepare it? And so
3: well it should be, uh, there's what we call animal heat uh, and uh, this animal heat, if it doesn't leave the body, the carcass, it causes uh, a condition we call bone souring. Mm-hmm. And this occurs within uh, generally, the first uh, oh six hours, but it can occur uh, very rapidly in other words, it might happen in a in an hour's time uh, and once this bone souring condition starts, it starts uh, because the body heat is retained inside the animal you see yeah I run across a, a real uh, good case one time in Colorado, this uh, fellow brought an elk in, a beautiful big cow elk, brought it into the locker plant, and uh, he wanted it hung in the cooling room. Well, it was the first part of the season, everything was a madhouse, and uh, uh, the elk was not skinned. He didn't want it skinned. He wanted to leave the uh, hide on it. So it went in the cooling room, and it was in there for oh, I guess about 10 or 12 days. And the fellow came back, uh, and they Uh, called me from up front and said there's a guy here that wants to take an elk out and he wants it skinned. Can you get at it? So things had slowed down a little bit and uh, uh, so I was still pretty pressed but uh, they said well uh, this guy says uh, if you'll skin it why uh, he'll let you have the hide. Well that's fine because... What does he want? The meat? He wants the meat. I, oh, I see. About 90% of the hides are left there. They're not interested in the hides. Really? But elk hides are an exception. They mm-hmm. Most of the guys want the elk hide. Yeah, well, I
2: assume you can make a something like you're wearing there. No, is that what is that a buckskin you're wearing? Yeah, this is
3: uh, buckskin, yeah. Mm-hmm. Can you make jackets and stuff out of elk? Oh, yeah, well, a matter of fact, the sleeves here are elk. I run out of uh, buckskin, and so I used elk. It's, uh, well, the jacket's about... What, about three, four weeks old now? Mm-hmm. And uh, when it, it's getting a little bit uh, discolored, but when it was first made, if you look closely, you could tell the difference. Yeah, mm-hmm. well, get back to the story. Uh, well, so anyway, what did uh, you do with this? Uh, oh, so the guy, I says, okay, I'll get right on it. And I got the uh, elk out of the cooling room, and uh, I uh, started opening her up with a ripping knife, and the minute I made that first cut why I knew something was wrong it uh, didn't smell just right and so I started peeling the hide down over the rump of the animal and, and uh, I knew it was bone soured uh-huh. so the, I told the uh, fella or I told him up front and the guy was up there and he came back no, 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 can't be bone soured uh, so he said that he brought the elk in uh, within an hour after he killed it and uh, so I said, well, I can't understand how it could bone sour, but it is bone soured. And I went ahead and skinned it down about halfway and showed him. You can see the green discoloration from the, this mm-hmm. bone souring. So what was the story? Well, so what happened, he'd thrown it in the uh, trunk of his car, yeah, okay. and it had been in there for just about an hour. And that did it. And that did it. <laughs> so, it At least you thing. got
2: your pellet or your well, skin. Well, I did get you an get... elk skin, yeah. He uh, lost out of the meat. Also with us tonight with Indian Gym is Ed Hutton, who manages uh, Frontier Village. Ed, I understand that the Village is doing very, very well this year. You've got a lot of promotion on it. I've been seeing your billboards. I've just come back from vacation, and you're doing a lot of work. Uh, tell us briefly about the, the Village itself.
1: Well, <clears throat> excuse me, we're very happy so far this year. This is our third summer season. Uh, we've gone fairly heavy in outdoor advertising. Our attendance is running ahead this year. And uh, we have a lot of repeat business, which is very interesting to us. It shows that the families do enjoy the park and come back.
2: All right, I've made an allusion to Disneyland. On what scale would you compare your frontier village in San Jose with Disneyland?
1: Well, we've had many guests uh, classify as sort of a cross between Disneyland and Knoxbury Farm in the sense that we're Western, yet our buildings and, uh, are painted brightly and, and, and gay colors like, uh, like Disney. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're a lot smaller that's that's the main thing Disney's complex has about 65 acres of actual amusement park and ours is about 25 and Disney has a hundred acres of parking lot and we have approximately uh, seven or eight.
2: Alright, what are the big attractions? What does Jim here do?
1: Well, Jim's uh, Is he your official greeter? Well, yes, uh, Indian Jim and Marshall Clyde. Uh, Marshall Clyde isn't with us today, but Indian Jim is the host on Indian Island, which is a, one of the main sections of Frontier Village. And over there, there's Indian dwellings, TPs, and Hogan's, and a trading post, which Jim operates. And uh, he actually builds the uh, the TPs and the uh, Indian dwellings.
2: Well, let's add a, a real frank question here, Ed. I've been under pressure to go down to Disneyland, but I feel that I have to accrue more savings before I can take my kids and enjoy all the rides and all the amusements what does a typical day cost a parent down at frontier village
1: well uh it could run to be honest with you anywhere from uh five dollars to fifteen dollars depending if you're gonna buy lunch or whether you're gonna take a picnic lunch whether you buy a lot of souvenirs or if you just ride on the rides and uh uh, participate that way it it really varies to be honest with you all our rides are 25 cents and we have uh, nine attractions now so you could multiply that out uh, plus the admission charge. Well, we're going to
2: continue, or rather, conclude this recorded conversation tomorrow night with uh, Ed Hutton and Indian Jim. Uh, one last question: Ed, uh, I'd like to have some directions from San Francisco. Is it straight down Bayshore to San Jose? From San Jose?
1: Francisco, it's straight down Bayshore, and you just follow the signs. And uh, there's directions you exit on uh, the State Highway 82 exit. Mm-hmm. It's actually south of downtown San Jose, near the IBM plant.
2: We've been talking by way of recording tonight to Indian Jim, a very colorful character. Uh, one of the official greeters at the Frontier Village in San Jose and Ed Hutton, who manages the uh, the spread. I guess that's what you call it when you're talking about Frontierland. And we'll conclude this conversation tomorrow night. Tonight we conclude a recorded conversation with Indian Jim and Ed Hutton of Frontier Village. And if you missed the program yesterday, Indian Jim uh, doesn't look like an Indian in that respect, but he's a very colorful character replete with buckskin uh um, Trappings. We never did discover what that animal was, uh, Jim, that's uh, looking at me across the microphone. What kind of hat is it's that? It's a wildcat. A wildcat hat? Mm-hmm. Is this going to set a trend like uh, Crockett and his uh,
3: whatever Crockett had? Well, he wore a, a coon skin, but I find the, the uh, wildcats a little uh, lighter, a little more comfortable. A little more awesome if you're
2: sitting away from him and he's glaring at you that way. Now, that gun, is that an old Kentucky rifle you're carrying No, it's uh, most... uh, He does carry the gun, honestly. He's sitting here with this gun here, and the gun is about, I would say, almost six feet
3: long. What kind is it?
2: It's 70 inches
3: long. Uh It's uh, a smoothbore musket. It was a trade gun, type that was used during the Indian trade, the early days of the fur trade. Can you fire this thing? Yeah, I've fired it. Uh, It still is in uh, working order, but I quit... uh, firing it because I was afraid it might get unraveled on me. It's kind of old. Mm-hmm. Well, Jim, yesterday we, we discussed
2: the fact that you had started out in the, well, what we have in a frontier in the West here, and lived, and you just said there's no money in being a mountain boy these days. <laughs> uh, Jim, are you satisfied with this, what I would consider a rather tame existence, uh, being part of a show business?
3: Well, yes. It's. Uh, uh, I don't know if you've been to uh, no,
2: I haven't. But have in fact, well, I plan
3: to get down as soon as I can. You'd have to be there to understand uh, what it's like. But it's uh, the next best thing to being in the high country. Uh, it's the longest that I've ever been able to be out of it, uh, mm-hmm. or at least be back in the back country. But it's very relaxing. Uh, of course, it. Uh, we do have lots of guests, but it's the atmosphere is uh, very... Well, with your boss sitting here, you better not make it sound <laughs> too cushy, uh, Ed. Uh, Ed you do, well, give me a typical day for you, Jim, at the uh, village. At the village? Well, I uh, go down there and try and uh, sweep out the trading post a little bit and straighten up. and. When you speak of a trading I, post, is it full of trinkets made in Japan and so forth? Uh, no, that's uh, the unusual uh, part about our Indian souvenirs. They're made by the Indians. Right? Mm-hmm. That is unusual. <laughs> I do have stuff that's made in the Orient, but not of a, an Indian nature. Some things that we, uh novelty stuff that the kids want, little rubber swords or something. Yeah.
2: Well, Jim, doesn't this discourage you a bit that there's very little of the authentic left? Uh, I find that uh, on my vacation, last couple of weeks, the only place I could find anything authentic was to go as far north as I could and look at the sea. Yeah. And nobody has yet corrupted the sea yet and, yeah. the, and the cliffs, but every other place you go, uh, it's a little hard to find anything that's really, say, frontier. Do yeah, you try your right. at all to, to, to give the kids a chance to see what the West is really like or was like before we corrupted the
3: book? Well, of course, on Indian Island, the the uh, we try and make it entertaining and educational as well. The various dwellings are interesting to look at, uh, colorful, but they, they are built as near uh, mm-hmm. as possible to the authentic buildings, and it gives them a little... Uh, education as to what the things were like. Like the one of the last ones uh, I built is an earth lodge and it's uh, uh, a, a quite a good uh, uh, model of an earth lodge. It's not full size. It's only about, well I guess about eight feet uh, yeah. but tall. But it is authentic yeah. in the
2: sense that it's built uh, the right. same way the Indians yeah. would. And the, st-
3: the stockade, of course, it's typical stockade and the Trading post is uh, built like a regular log cabin. It's uh, built out of hewn logs.
2: You know, I should take that back. On our trip north, we did see something a fascinating hour at Fort Ross. Yeah. Which, a mm-hmm. uh, beautiful job of uh, either duplicating or at least having what was left when yeah. the Russians held that fort. A, a marvelous trip, and I recommend it highly if you're Very thinking nice, of taking yeah. the children somewhere. Uh, continuing, Jim, you're cleaning up the trading post. <laughs> what
3: else do you do during the day? Oh, More we visit with the youngsters and uh, I, don't know, I put on... What time do the youngsters start wandering in? Oh, generally there's somebody waiting to get in when we open at 10 o'clock and they continue coming. Uh, oh, we visit with them and uh, take pictures with them. Well,
2: what and questions do they ask of you most? I would assume that if I would talked to the youngsters I'd have been well prepared for this interview. <laughs> what are some oh, of the things they want to know?
3: There's just... Uh, they want to know if you're real and is that your real hair and uh, uh, where did you get the gun? And uh, is that a coonskin cap? And well, me. I asked that one. Yeah, <laughs> these are just uh, um, the uh, range of questions is uh, almost uh, unlimited. They really mm-hmm. come up with some.
2: Have they been a little evidence. bit jaded by their TV watching Did anyone assume, Jim, that you're just a big phony out there dressed uh, up like a frontiersman?
3: No, that's one thing the youngsters don't. Uh, uh, Only we adults take yeah, that. Yeah, I out don't of their... get the. I uh, very thankful that they don't get this impression because uh, I don't feel this way uh, myself and probably this is why they don't sense it and feel it themselves, you see. All right, let me ask you this, Jim. This is just a a, a highly
2: personal question. Uh, Here you are, a man who has ordinarily retreated to the backwoods and apparently liked that kind of life. Now you find yourself in show business (laughs) in terms of greeting kids. Do you have any self consciousness about going out in this garb which is very colorful, let's say walking down the streets of San Francisco?
3: No, it uh it doesn't bother me. d It isn't uh, typical day wear here in the, in the no, city. No, it is no. <laughs> it doesn't uh it doesn't bother me. Uh I couldn't tell you exactly why. I'm mm-hmm. not an exhibitionist or anything, I don't guess, but uh it just doesn't bother me. that, that people do stare and turn around and and uh holler hi Davy Crockett or Daniel Boone. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's in other words, there's nothing original in that approach <laughs> no. at all, is there? Uh, well,
2: how about uh, as far as as the village is concerned, do the youngsters and the old? Do they expect you to do Herculean things? For instance, do they want you to shoot that gun? Do they want you to do what yeah.
3: everyone on television does? All of our heroes are just superman yeah, the they, fastest
2: draw and so forth.
3: They all uh, quite often uh, want to. They often want to know if the gun does shoot, and then they want to know if I'll shoot it. But I, I just don't because it would. Uh, uh, it would take up too much time, actually. And even though I had a, uh, a gun that I was sure of that wouldn't uh, be any danger of it blowing up. Mm-hmm. So I just uh, I just don't do it. Uh, it's any other things that they ask you to do, Jim?
2: Uh, no. Ask you to whittle? They ask you to... Years ago when Gene Autry was starting, they asked him to sing. Did they expect <laughs> you
3: to sing or any of that? No, <laughs> we put on... Uh, Uh, Indian dances for them, uh, like uh, we don't have dancing today on Monday, but every other day during the week we have uh, one show in the afternoon. Before we confuse anybody that this is Monday, this is Tuesday, but
2: this was recorded on Monday. Jim, let's talk a little bit to Ed Hutton. Ed, tell us now about the the various rides and so forth you have at Frontier Village. Are they the typical carnival-type rides, uh, merry-go-round, Ferris wheel, or what?
1: Well, of course, we're not at all on a carnival-type uh, approach. It's a fairly new thing in the amusement business, and you might say that uh, Disneyland is the granddaddy, but it's a themed mm-hmm. amusement park, and everything is laid out and planned well, and our rides are uh, themed around the, the whole park. Uh, we do have a carousel, though, and uh, but it's a 50-year-old merry-go-round, which we restored, and it's quite colorful. Mm-hmm. The next thing you see when you come through our gates would be the train, and it's a a mile-long ride on a a miniature train that goes around the park. And it's very colorful because it goes out in our back. And it is a mile long. The the train ride is, Mm -hmm. right. Uh It it leaves Central Square and the train station and goes out and past our live buffalo we have and out through some wild country and back. Two uh, real popular rides is the uh, Frontier Valley Stagecoach Lines. Many people have seen the stagecoaches on television, maybe in a parade, but they've never actually ridden on one. And this is really a lot of fun for both adults and children. Then there's the Burrow... Uh, pack train ride where uh, children ride on the burrows and go out in the wild country. Then we have 35 foot uh, long canoes and uh, they hold 22 passengers and each uh, passenger gets a paddle and helps our Indian boys uh, paddle the canoes around Indian Island. Well, another popular ride is our antique autos. They're 3 three-fifth scale models of Model T Fords and Maxwells. And finally, it's, there's our Lost Frontier Mine ride. This is a dark ride, we call it in the trade. Uh, black lights are used, and it's dark inside, and it's very picturesque with uh, waterfalls and bubbling pots and this type of thing.
2: Ed, how long do you stay open? Is this a year-round venture? Or just y- Yes, yeah, unlike
1: works? many parks in the uh, east due to weather, they, they're they only open in the summertime. We're open uh, all year-round, seven days a week in the summer weekends, and all school and legal holidays in the Mm wintertime. We're open any time, mainly, that the children are out of school, which enables, of course, a family to come down to the park.
2: Back to you, Jim.
3: Uh, Is this a uh, a seven-day-a-week job for you? Well, it uh, winds up generally just about seven days or eight. uh, You figure out (laughs) hour-wise. Well, that's good time, like they do on the frontier. Jim, a personal question about yourself.
2: Are you married? I have been, yes. Mm Mm-hmm. You don't have a family now. No, uh, I'm
3: batching at the present time. Well, that makes it a little (laughs) easier, I should say, for an eight
2: day uh, week, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, gentlemen, thank you so very much for coming over. Thank you. uh, And we're going to come over and see you because we've got a couple of youngsters who are just dying to see the Frontier Village. Our guests, by way of recording, have been Indian Jim, the official greeter along with Ed Hutton, who manages the Frontier Village over at uh, San Jose. This has been a recorded conversation. Remember to follow the News Vault from KCBS Radio on social media. On Facebook, we're at News Vault Podcast. On Twitter, find us at News Vault SF. On Instagram, we're at News Vault. Until our next episode, you are leaving the News Vault from KCBS Radio.